Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Fine cock. Billy T. Kane's goal. Aaron Lennon. Son. Paul Mitchell. Windy. Alibayor. Social media. And Twitter. And some questions. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shut It's episode five, season six. No, it ain't. It's episode six. <laughs> We've written it that way for you, for your benefit as well. All right. It's episode six, season five of the Fighting Cop podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hey. How's everyone doing? 
I'm good. Good. We've got with us today Spooky. Hello. We've got Felonius Filth. Hey. And Billy T from Twitter. Yo. <laughs> the world's famous <laughs> Billy T. Yeah. What, uh, if people don't know, if they don't use Twitter, I think most of the people who listen to the Fighting Cock do use Twitter. I'd imagine. Um, and if you don't apologise, I, I apologise for that because a lot of today is going to be about Twitter. There's no football to talk about really uh, other than the international break and that's boring. Fucking boring. It is boring. So, um, Billy, you, you've kind of come to the fore somehow. Actually, not somehow, by your... And I, I don't want you to feel embarrassed by this, but... I've some, already called him a clever boss. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking genius. Genius tweets. Um, and... Uh, but, but, but more important than that, um, why do you spell your name like a girl? I don't really know, man. It's because I think I've grown up, I love Billy Piper, and she's like <laughs> a particular hero of mine. You know, when that Honey to the Bee song came out, yeah. man, that was an tune, absolute man. banger. Honey and to the like, Bee, man. Nah, to be honest, there was another guy called Billy in my school, and I fucking hated him, so yeah. I wanted to be as different to him as I could be, so I spelled it with an E on the end. And it's T for Tottenham? Uh, T for my surname, which I can't obviously can't ever put out on the internet after what I tweet all the time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like top secret. And that some of these questions about what you do for a living, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah about fine. That. I'm a teacher. You're Somehow. A, te- <laughs> still, uh, a primary school teacher. Yeah, my days are numbered, let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> at the moment, I am a teacher. All right, so what we do is customary for new guests and um, it, just to get to know you and what your credentials are as a Spurs fan. Uh, I've got some questions for you. Um, what was your first ever game at Tottenham? Um, I've been a Spurs fan since the 90s. Um, uh, I think my first game was a home game versus Aston Villa. Um, so I feel kind of hard done by, by as, as a Spurs fan because like, success with Spurs is a bit like my dad's dick. Because <laughs> I've only tasted it twice. <laughs> so I feel a bit hard done by. <laughs> but that was my first ever game. Um, my, both sides of my family are Spurs. My parents met in the Midlands, but... Both sides of my family are Spurs. Yeah. My grandparents, shout out to my grandparents, they got married on the day that we won the double in Leicester. And yeah. they actually got married at White Hart Lane Registry Office. That's incredible. That's day. amazing. Yeah, my nan said, why the fuck would everyone listen to the wireless for the whole ceremony? But <laughs> we actually got married on, on the same day that we won the FA Cup. So, so you're not from Tottenham, but for no, some I'm reason... I'm from Tottenham, yeah. But it's, uh, <gasps> both sides of my family are, yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, did we beat Villa? Uh, yeah, I think we did, actually, which is surprising. It kind of gave me a false sense of security. Because the 90s were the, the worst... It was well, a patch in the nineties. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty shitty, bad. yeah. And yeah. we kind of knew we were shit. But every year, somehow, we thought we'd we'd get something together for the following season. We always had this delusion, uh, but we knew deep down it was. Uh, my, yeah, my little brother is uh, eighteen, and his first first game was Man United versus Spurs at White Hart Lane, and we were three 0 up at half time, oh, and then God. we lost five three. I was like, this is the perfect <laughs> introduction as your Spurs fan life. So that was my brother's introduction. My introduction was like quite boring. I mean, I think we won two 0 or something like that. Yeah, in the day. I can't remember. My first game was Bournemouth against the, in the League Cup, I think, and that, that, when I was four, sat in the West Ham, my old man fell asleep. That's funny because I fell asleep in my game. It was Ipswich at home. We lost two one, and John Walk scored a penalty either end. John Walk, like yeah, that. I'm pretty certain that. How old uh, are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm well in, in my seventies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the Botox. I look good. Just put around the table. When was yours, too? We lost to Everton 2 0. It's actually quite recent. Um, oh, yeah, you started going quite late, didn't you? Yeah, Kilban got sent off and we still lost 2 0. Okay, <laughs> um, who's your favourite Spurs ever player? Obviously, Deadly King. Like, 
I always feel like really bad because I lose my phone all the time. And if ever I lose something like my laptop or my phone, like all my passwords are just Ledley. So, because uh, like, I'm I fucking love Ledley, man. I do anything <laughs> for that boy. Yeah, it's got to be Ledley, man. So it's Billy underscore Twitter. Yeah, uh, underscore. If you want to hack my Twitter, my password is Ledley. <laughs> <laughs> and a number. You have to guess a number though. That's a habit. Twenty-six. Eighteen eighty-two. And who's your favourite current? Well, hopefully anyone who follows me knows it's Ben Taleb by a distance, man. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's, would, yeah. he's coming through a lot of stick recently. Yeah, I know. I think it's a bit undue, man. I think he had, like, one bad game. <laughs> and, like, he was... I mean, sound like Tottenham fans to get yeah. yeah. I remember being at the last game of the season when he was left-back and he was, like, incredible yeah. as a left-back as well. Mm. Yeah, I fucking no, love that boy. He is superb. And I hope he kind of comes into his own this season, as I'm sure he will. I mean, he's only like 20 years old. I think people forget that sometimes, man. He's got like the weight of spurs on his shoulders, but he's like 20 years old. And he's holding it down as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had a couple, bad couple of games, but I thought <clears> he's <throat> superb last season. I really even, I didn't understand the criticism. Really. When he broke into the team, I mean, he didn't break into the team. He was thrown into into the side and he was like... This year was a love child. Just, yeah, right? yeah, it's just like getting the centre of the park and... and and he was a baptism of fire, and yet he was mature enough. You know, he was shown up a couple of times, but he, he's obviously mentally strong to to get on with the job. And he's my pick anyway for this season's uh, star player. Yeah. Well, it was in the fighting cock thing that we did the predictions. Bentaleb. Yeah, and then he has that. I think I shit, shit first game at Old Trafford. I'm thinking, <laughs> fuck, I've cursed him. But I can't remember. Actually, I didn't write him. A party. You did Trippier, didn't you? I think. No, Bardi. Oh, I said yeah, Trippier yeah. on the pod, but Bardi wrote my prediction. <laughs> That's when you know you're big time. You don't do this shit. You're to do. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky doing it for you. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky, yeah, lucky. Who's yeah, <laughs> on holiday in Dominican Republic at the moment? Lucky bastard. He missed the hurricane. Did he? Bollocks. Okay, let's let's cover the uh, international break quickly. Uh, Kane scored a goal. What a goal as well, what a finish, man. I've not seen it. It was, that was a beautiful oh, was a chip. chip man. That yeah. was textbook dink. Yeah. yeah. It, it was just... And lovely. that's why you know he's going to be all right. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that was the bollocks. It was absolute class. It just went through all going. I know it was against uh, San Marino, but still, absolute class. Um, that's it for the international. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, man, like Sun banging in a hat-trick on the international. Yeah, yeah, well. that's true. We're going to come on to Sun. Um... Uh, Papa Keats off of Reddit says, "What? Some, where are people to get these names? I know internet's all about monikers and that, but Papa Keats, it's fine. Um, <laughs> what, what, what did you do to distract yourself during the international break? Was edging involved? This is twice this has been mentioned now, the edging thing. Yeah, we're not really, we didn't really tackle it last week. We talked about it off the pod. You mentioned it on the pod last week. Yeah, edging's basically when you're pleasuring yourself uh, to the point of climax and you... Um, you stop to keep it going to enjoy yourself for a bit longer so anyone get involved in any of that over the uh, international break I've only got 20 seconds to play with so I don't really have time to get into the edging thing man. Yeah, uh, that's, that's how porn stars apparently train themselves to come at will to come on queue really yeah apparently yeah that's how they do it what have you been watching um, I just, I've, I've heard this on the grapevine <laughs> so you know that they so obviously they've got to come like three two one wallop yep. all over the woman and yeah that's what they do <laughs> Doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be all over the woman every time. <laughs> okay, all over her back. All right, fine. Uh, or, still a woman, or a salad bowl, which I've seen. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've seen porn where someone came in a salad bowl? And then they took it out to the restaurant and, and someone ate it. What oh, the fuck oh, are you yeah. watching? What kind of porn do you watch, man? 
I know he's like. It was staged. It was fake. Yeah. It, it was really mayonnaise. It was just done for the the bands during the. the was this the, British porn? No, this was American actually. He doesn't watch British porn, does he? Uh, I don't watch. No, British too porn is. Yeah. Like I don't do baked beans and sex. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those two things separate. One's for breakfast. The other one's. Shit, breakfast in bed though. Which is a bit of a contradiction. I also have to apologise for the sniffing last week. Yeah. But I was being accused of um, cocaine, being a drug abuser. <laughs> but uh, I had a cold, and that's it. Sure, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad though. The I listened back to it, and I was constantly going. That's the Jake Livermore excuse as well. Isn't yeah. it? Well, he's doing all right, <laughs> sort of. Um, all right, let's move on to Aaron Lennon because he's left the club and. He never got his testimonial, funnily enough. Um, but he, he was a loyal servant. He did a good job. He was quality at times, abject at times, and just shit I think occasionally. He, he was he was brilliant. I mean, if there's one thing that I'll I, I take from his his ten years at Spurs is that he was he was one of those players where if you if you were happen happened to be on your bum in the, in the park lane. You, that was the reason you got up again when the stewards were telling you to sit down because he was he'd take the ball he'd run across the halfway line, and every time he done it you thought something would happen, mm. and it, it usually didn't because his cross or his finish was always a bit wayward. But he was an exciting talent. His pace was fucking electricity. Where it went wrong, where it stagnated, I don't know if it was us, him being at Tottenham, we I don't know stagnated his development. Or whether he just didn't have the decision making to really kind of find that quality in the final third to, to score more, assist more. But um, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of time for him. Don't care what he's like outside of football. Don't mm. give a fucking shit because I'm an arsehole away from <laughs> the pod. Yeah. You know? I'm angelic on the pod, but I'm an absolute cunt <laughs> <laughs> when the mic goes off. <laughs> but seriously, great player. And it's just. Typical Spurs. I mean, he seemed all right when he tweeted. He said, "Good luck to everyone." He, he seemed quite pleasant about it, but you can never read too much into the, tw- into the tweet, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like we've done a, a, an Anderton on him in, in some way. What's so, Well, Anderton was almost pushed aside as well, uh, from what I remember. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only know. old Gitty who, who can remember. But he seemed to not really get the the respect when he when he left Spurs. But is that because he only played like ten games in four years? <laughs> yeah, mate. Maybe, but we, with Lennon, it just felt that something might have happened back behind the scenes. I don't know. Yeah, I just think he was at the centre of so many of our greatest moments over the last ten years. Um, <clears throat> the goal against Chelsea. Um, if he scored in a five-one, didn't he against Arsenal? Yeah, yeah. Four-four against Arsenal. The Champions League assist for Peter Crouch. He also scored in a two-one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so he's, he's, he's scored a lot of important goals, but I think the season he finished fourth. Sums him up a little bit for me because he started the season on fire. He got the five assists for Defoe in the nine-one, mm. and he got injured after that. And it's just it's, it's very much top start for him. But the fans do have a lot of affection for him, um, as was indicated by the reaction to the response to the hashtag that Spurs official tweeted out, which was the uh, thank you. Azza. Thank you, Azza, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Jay? What do you think? <clears> um, like as a Spurs fan in my twenties, like um, most of the good times in my life, like Aaron Lennon has been involved in them. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I really can't thank him enough, man. I think he's a great player for us. Um, you just you just like that excitement when he got the ball and feeling that yeah. in the park lane. Now people don't really get up in the park lane unless they want to abuse players like Paulinho or something like that. <laughs> so it's kind of gone from that to like. So yeah, it'd be good. Hopefully now with like Clinton and that we've addressed that pace situation. But he was our last real player when you got really excited when he had the ball at his feet. I think some of the um, <clears throat> I don't know uh, kind of criticism or, or kind of he kind of fell off a little bit when 
he became known for his defensive ability, which yeah. was, is bizarre given the kind of player he, he began always, at Tottenham. He always had that quality to 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 run back, win the ball, and then obviously we're back in possession, and he he gets forward again. He always had that in his game. Somewhere, I don't know if it was England, because for England when he played, he seemed to be like a a, a left-sided midfielder. He wasn't mm. a winger. They, the way England played was really structured, and he kept cutting in all the time. And I don't know, it just seemed like gradually with Spurs, the frustration was that he didn't seem to do... Like It's like, if you've got a gun, you're going to go out and... Shoot people. Shoot people, yeah, <laughs> shit. Oh, where am I going with this? Let's, let's scrap this and all the analogy. the lone gun. But, but <laughs> you know, if, if you've got a, a, a particular trait and you know that you're, you know, unless he's lost his pace... If you got that trait, you'd use it. And whereas I think he was, he was quite sort of he held back. He seemed contained. And I don't know if that's him. Injuries. I don't know if it's confidence. I think the game the changed. Way we, well, this I, is it. I, I think the game left him behind. And we said something similar about Defoe, and I think that's still true. You know, let, his style of play isn't suited to this inverted. Well, the, type. the thing is, wing play is is, is almost like a, a a difficult thing to employ into um, modern football. We saw it under AVB, you know, it was all, it's, well, modern football seems to be possession-based and, like, you pack the midfield and then you push forward, but, like, traditional wingers seem oh. to have died a little bit. Um, I was going to say, I mean, for England, funny you mentioned that, yeah, they're good. I think we beat Croatia 5-1 <clears throat> at Wembley and he was, he was man of the match and he was flying that season. It's just real. Yeah. I mean, I think when he got the injury, that was probably the last time we saw... That well, kind of pace. Like, something I often said about Spurs in years gone by was that players would often seal for manager. So they give a manager attitude knowing that he won't be there. And I think in the last four or five years, the, the club have backed the manager more than the players. Yeah, and yeah. the fact he fell out with Pochettino, I mean, we all know what the rumours, like he approached Levy and said yeah. some stuff. Um, and the club backed the manager. And um, I guess you kind of have to, you have to go along with that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So it didn't, it didn't seem to back down, so... Yeah, I know Lennon is older, but he kind of burst onto the scene at the same time as Walcott, didn't he? And back yeah. in the day, people used to compare the two quite a lot. And like Lennon never quite had the end product, um, but he still he used to, defenders used to hate playing against Aaron Lennon. Like you look no further than Patrice Evra, who probably still has Aaron Lennon nightmares, man. Mm. I remember we, he destroyed Evra numerous occasions against Man United. So it was just good to have a player that defenders don't like playing against. I think with Lennon, we're talking about. Uh... <gasps> Our, our kind of favourite memories of Aaron Lennon um, and, and the moment I realised that he was the real deal was when we played against Arsenal and I think it was the 1-1 uh, when uh, Edgar David got sent off and Keane scored and Joel went play, play, play uh, oh, yeah. uh, but Lennon on the right was just Did David get sent off in that game? Yeah I'm pretty, yeah he did I, I'm, I'm about 80 Come minutes off. Pretty sure he did. Have you seen that heartbreaking interview of Lennon it's from a few years ago now where he says, I want to stay at Spurs, I want to get my testimonial. It's like it probably breaks my heart seeing it. Because he's never going to get yeah, a testimonial. Yeah. Not even Dawson got a testimonial. So. Uh, yeah. Did Dawson pay 10 years? I don't think he, I don't think he quite did. Is, Len, is this Lennon's 10th year now or something like that? Yeah, something I think like he that. joined at the same time. Didn't yeah, something like yeah. Um, anyway, in, uh, in, in that game, he, he kind of tore... I can't remember where their left-back was. It was probably... Probably cliche or Cole. Yeah, one of the two, and he, he had a he had a field day down that right hand side, and I thought, wow, this kid is special. <clears throat> there was also that video uh, of him rinsing John Terry in uh, England uh, training, like just left him on his ass basically. 
I thought, whoa, what, what a player. And he, he, I think what it is, he never fulfilled his potential. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that's, that was that was well, it. That's Spurs in a nutshell, isn't it? If he did, yeah. would he have stayed at Spurs? That's the question, though. Well, would Ledley a king? If, yeah. I know we're going to talk about your hero, but would he have done yeah. if he wasn't injury-free? Who knows? Who gives a shit? He's our hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that with Lennon, he joined at a time when the club was changing. He joined mm. when I think Arneson came in and Yol and Santini came in. We completely changed how the club was structured. And he was part of a group of players along with Huddleston. I think Genius joined shortly before that. He was a new wave of you know these players that we can kind of look up to and idolise. A lot of the players we idolised in the five years previous were people at the end of their career, people like Ziggy who came for yeah. a payday, um, Jamie Redknapp in pockets. Yeah, Sharon, I'm coming back. Yeah, so it was, it was nice to have like a young English player we can kind of look up to, and that's what Lennon... Was I think he's he suited to four four two the old yeah, way of playing like the Redknapp era. Yeah, it's probably no coincidence he had his best days under Redknapp with the like yeah. wingers. Well, and the team around him as yeah. well. You can imagine. I remember longing for a time when we'd have Bale and Lennon. Because both... Lennon was injured for ages when <coughs> Bale was in the team, wasn't he? And then they right. finally came back and they were amazing together. Yeah. yeah, well, it was it was superb. But you know, you got to wish him well, and he kind of it's rare yeah. for me to to hope that a player leaves Tottenham and goes on and does well. Like, I know there's a big love in for Bale because he was amazing, but don't care. Don't don't care about him. Well, don't, can't make fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not interested in uh, in him doing well. I, you know, I, I don't care. I just don't give a shit about Bale. I, don't, I, I, I pretty much hate Modric. Um, but Lennon, for some reason, I just hope he does, does all right at, at Everton. Crouch as well. I like Crouch. Crouch still loves us, doesn't he? he always yeah. talks about us. Did you see the tweet yeah. he said about it, the fan mm, and he thanked yeah. him for the pass? Yeah. I watched that again the other day. I still day, think Crouch is going to miss that chance every time I see him. It was perfect right in the corner. He didn't even need to put it in the corner. <laughs> yeah. He almost fucked it up, let's be honest. Um, yes, yeah, so anyone else their favourite moments for uh, Aaron Lennon? Um, that was about it. <laughs> what? Well, I've said. <laughs> you know, to me. Oh, no, you mentioned about three or four. Yeah. What? 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 What, what goal was it? The goal against Arsenal with Bale? Was it the four-four? Um, I think it was a four-four because um, it was Redknapp's second game, I yeah. believe. And as I mean, we, I remember leading up to the game, there was so much doom and gloom among our fans, saying we we're going to get absolutely caned here, yeah. you know. And um, and that four-two down was it four-two or four-one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's four-two. Yeah, yeah. one half as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, fucking, here we go. And then he gets, you know, he pops up with that goal, just a corner, a fan gone on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. It was just, amazing. It was just brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, thank you for the memories. Yeah, no, same again, to be honest. For me, it was just that I can just see Lennon on the ball any given match just running through the middle and defenders shitting it. Mm. Yeah. And, and it was just that, that buzz, man, that <clears throat> buzz. If you could bottle it... You could sell it. Yeah, you could fucking sell it for a $9.99. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just for me. It, I, I think he's an, yet another personification of what it is to be Tottenham. Like he, he gave you lots of highs, he gave you a few lows because he never hit that potential, and that, that's that's Spurs. It's like drugs. Or, it sounds like drugs to me. It is. That's probably why I like drugs and like Tottenham. It's the same <laughs> and at the same, same result. Well. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better than drugs in Tottenham. And Aldrich never lost a game when he's caught. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> is that that record still stood? What? When he, yeah. uh... Ian Rush style, man. Yeah, man. Never lost one. Paul Robinson style as well. Never lost a game. You got any special memories for Lennon? No, it's got to be the Arsenal goal, not the uh, the two the two one was it? When just because yeah. anyone who makes Chesney look that much of a dickhead, it's got to be like he mugged him off. Yeah, completely mugged Chesney off. Then Bale did it a few minutes later or whatever. Yeah, those two minutes were just. 
is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Euphoric. Pure, euphoric. It's pure carnage. And that's 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 what can happen at football. <clears throat> that's why we keep mm. going back. For all the shit nil-nil draws and like losing in the last minute or whatever, there's them, them little moments. Sometimes it's like those five threes against yeah. Chelsea and whatever else. Yeah, and they're amazing yeah, because they're of the low. Um, what was good about it, again, I brought my boy along, must have been probably about 13, 14 at the time, and he got to experience... That yeah, you know, if you could, if you if you ever tried, you could venture any game. That'd be one of the moments yeah. you'd want them yeah, there for. And he saw that first, and he just like his face is just like just lit up. Yeah, of course. You know. I went, I see, um, you know, Caribou. Yeah, I went to see Caribou that the, that was New Year's Eve. On it, I went to see Caribou play a set from seven a.m. till two p.m. I was there from seven a.m. till two p.m. Absolutely off my face. Went to Spurs after one five three. It's like probably. Pound for pound, like the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely off my face, but it was good. What? Uh, you don't have hangovers. No, I don't get hangovers. What, just, what does that mean, though? You wake up fresh? Yeah, like, completely fresh. I can drink on a school night, like, tonight, man. I just, like, feel like, you know, like, all good. Have you looked into <laughs> have you looked into this medically, how this is possible? No, but I think it would be, a, like, a complete travesty to waste it as, like, a gift, so I've got to try and get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's essentially... Most people would say it was a superpower, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got to try and make it, make it mine. That would be the best superpower... Super, 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 Hero power ever. Yeah, fuck flying, man. No hangovers. Yeah. Like, where <laughs> I, is that? I don't believe you, though. That's is the thing. Is that I, it doesn't... I know. It's, I think it's going to hit me one day, but until then, I will continue to drink on a school night. Like. So just to just to be clear, you wake up like you haven't drunk? Yeah, man. Oh, like, mate. Like, it's crazy. But we need to put you in for tests or something. <laughs> I need to figure out. You need to... If you could we bottle that... Blood. If you could bottle that, you'd be a fucking millionaire. I know, man. Let's do it. Fighting cock potion. I give my blood to you guys, <laughs> don't worry. You can have my blood if you yeah, want. Yeah, I'm taking your blood. Um, yeah, uh, th- just a qu- another thing quickly on Lennon is uh, I think my favourite was his goal against Birmingham and we won 2 0 away. Away it's 2 1. Um, but he, it, it, you know, there's a goal when you see crowd, you, the Spurs fans just lose Gun, it. Yeah, <laughs> lose yeah. it. And it doesn't matter how shit the goal is. And it was a good goal, actually. I think it was cut, a 2-1 at home. Was it? No, yeah. no, it was away. It was at Birmingham. Sure? Yeah, it was away, 100%. Um, and the goal went in and the Spurs fans just lost it completely. And it was like, and it's great when that happens, when you have that feeling at a game that really means nothing like Birmingham away. Yeah, yeah for me, one like that was last season when um, it's quite like pertinent to talk about <clears> it now because it's kind of like a similar situation. There was loads of Levy out stuff going on. Mm. And then fucking Pochettino brought Kane on against Aston Villa away. He goes up for the free kick, scores the free kick. And I was at Villa Park and everyone just fucking lost their shit, man. That was good. Because yeah. people were questioning, like, why, why are we Spurs fans? What is all this bullshit that we're seeing? And then Kane scores that goal and you realise, this is why I'm a Spurs fan, man. That's, this is what it's all about. That's exactly. And, that, and that, that's, that's kind of what happens during periods of um, inactivity or just poor form. You yeah, get exactly. a lot of people coming out of the woodwork. And not everyone. Some people maintain it mm. through... Good periods of form as well, but it's. It, I kind of. I don't. I, I never lose sight of it. I never lose sight of why I'm Tottenham or what's going on at the club. And I'm always. You have to keep faith in the people that run the club because there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can spend. Unless you can mobilise, unless you can get people together and actually force chairman out of the club. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen unless you've got 4,000, 5,000 people. You've seen what happened at Blackburn. Is it Oyston? Yeah. Oyston is still there, despite everything that's happened. Mm. And and people are moaning about the way Levy's run the club. That club, their fans have gone through it like no other fans I can remember in the history of football. And he's still there. So I'm not saying be inactive. I'm not saying don't don't be... um, I'm trying to find a word. Uh, You know, proactive in your... uh, 
you're trying to make a positive change at your club, do it if you want to do it. But do it, football. To just do it. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of, we're kind of at a stage now there's, where there's nothing as fans you can do. Um, but I don't know. Fuck, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Really. Yeah, for me, Spurs is like you know when like a child brings home a drawing that they've done from school and it's fucking shit, and it's like you think, oh, is that supposed to be a tree? And go, no, that's you, dad. And, like, and you still put it on the fridge anyway, don't you, man? You still put it on the fridge, and that's what Tottenham are like, man. Even when they're shit, man, you still put them on the fridge, man. Because <laughs> so, they are everything to us. Um, but <laughs> if you want to change, if you want to change something, then fucking do it. Do you know what I mean, get involved, mobilise, be proactive oh, oh. In, in in sorting that out. But but I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we are because we're too. I know we've had this conversation a dozen times, but we're too comfortable. Mm. It's like it almost feels like we're, we're, you're complaining about the fact that you can't park your fourth car in front of your house. You have got to park it. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're, we're not in a bad. We support Tottenham for fuck's sake. We yeah. don't support Darlington. No disrespect to Darlington. I haven't got a clue where they are. Fuck them. But. Th- are things really that bad at any given time? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, the football's a bit drab it's occasionally. Not that, it's but... not that. It's the lack of foresight. That's what the problem is. It's not that it's not bad. It's just that it can change so quickly. Mm. You know, it, like it changed last season in November, didn't it? With that cane goal, pretty much. Like, yeah, could yeah. happen again this season. Of course, it, it will. Well, I, I wrote something about this: the fact that Spurs are about doing the unexpected. Do you know what I mean? We got rid of Martin Yo to bring in Ramos. And and that set off a chain of events that ended up with Redknapp giving us fucking ballsy football that mm. actually probably changed the way football gets played in the Premier League. Because since then, you can't go out and play that kind of football now because teams are, are going to sit back and 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 soak it up. I mean, but all those, do you know, out of out of an accident, we got one of the best seasons in recent memory. Which is why no and, one really knows anything. I mean, <laughs> even including, including managers, chairman, it, it, all all of it's a gamble. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's just. A, one incident, like maybe like bringing in Kane, you know, people belittled the fact that Kane could lead the. the I'm not talking about you. So, I mean, even I thought Regularly. he looked no a bit one. clumpy. If that's the word. I mean, mm. like, he didn't look like he had the the touch. And then you look at him last season. You look at the the, the, the what, <clears throat> what he did against San Marino with a dink. I mean, he's got quality in him. He's completely. He's not the player I thought he was. So sometimes you just have to. You just have to have blind faith. There's nothing wrong with blind faith. Be, it's not this thing about happy, clappy people. There's no such fucking thing. Sometimes you just love Tottenham. Doesn't matter what we're doing right now because mm. in five years' time you still love Tottenham. In ten years' time you still love Tottenham. What happens in between is just shit that happens in between, good or bad. I say, look, we'll, we'll, let's, uh, this kind of goes on to the, the kind of Twitter conversation we're going to have in the second half. I think. Um, oh, shut up. So yeah, let, we'll, we'll move on to that then. Let's 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 talk about. Son, because we didn't really talk about him last week, um, mainly because none of us know. Oh, he looks brilliant about him. on YouTube, doesn't he? Mate, oh. against who and his stats on Football Manager. Fuck me, is he any good on Football Manager? I don't Manager? know. I've not looked. <laughs> yeah. Five look. star left, five star double footed on FIFA as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even Lionel Messi's four star. So, there you go. <laughs> well, you saw the goals he scored against Lau. Is it? Is it Lau? Laos. 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 Oh, I thought I'd pulled out of the bag. But <laughs> out. Um, I mean, I know they're shit, obviously, because I've never, I didn't even know that country existed. Um, but it was. He, he looked they're useful good. and pointless, though. Are they? Yeah, you know, if you go on pointless and say that, it'll be one of the pointless answers. I don't know what pointless is. Pointless is the best game show ever. No. Oh, fucking I've hell. got a job where I work all day. <laughs> I don't, well, how am I going to. I can finish work at seven o'clock. I'm not going to see you program. Is it worth watching? Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll, I'll try and I'll ca- do catch up or something. You're making a point, sorry. 
What, what, I'd forgot it. The, the quality of opposition, regardless. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what, what do you think of him? I mean, you've done a little bit of research, T. I did. Go on. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the goals against Leos. I was, was away for the weekend. They were good. But, um, but I mean, he, I think in Benny Maradona did a long article in him last year, one of the 100 players to watch. Um, said he's fantastic on the ball, he's good at creating space, and, he's, and you know, he's good at shooting from range. Mm. And shooting from range is something we've done loads last season, especially with Ericsson. So... And also, he'll take some of the burden off Kane. I mean, he's not the he's not the second striker he wanted in the squad, but um, he's an attacking midfielder. He can use both feet, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. The only worry I have is if he's going to be on a bench for months and months and months yeah. and never get a chance. He's just cost 21 million. Yeah, he's got to come bench. straight in. I yeah, think. but look, I just, I just I just remember Hugo Lloris that debacle for about a month or two. Him not being I know I know it's different, but I'm saying I just don't want that to happen this time. No, no, I think no one does really. Everyone is itching to see Clinton play. Everyone's itching to see Son. You you want to see your new signings on the pitch? I think it'd be fast tracked. I don't think it's yeah. it's going to be a wait. Well, he's ready. He's been playing for yeah. Bayern Leverkusen in Germany. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you yeah. think of this stuff? The German league's a lot weaker than us. It's not. Do you I, think, I, I think it's it's compatible player wise. I think if you go from the German league to, to Premier League, I don't think there's that much of a transition. Whereas as as we've seen going from Italy to England, there's it's a completely different type of football uh, game in terms of pace and tempo and whatever. Mm. So I think he's he's ready to come in. Whether he's start, he probably I don't know. He might be on the bench and then then they come on. But I think he's. Uh, he, he, you know what? When I look at him, he just looks like a player that you know he's professional and mentally and physically strong enough just to just to go out and do a job. And his job might be lashing one in or or, or, or assisting or whatever else. He just looks the player. Whereas Lamella, you always looked at him and thought he's a bit fragile looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give him time. Give yeah, him everyone time. made a lot you know, of excuses for him. Yeah, and you you do that because again you want him to you want the player to be a success because you know he has got talent. Whereas I think what Son has got is it Son or, or, or Son? We haven't actually. I think um, a lot of people say Son, don't they? Son, because it's Sonny, isn't he? Isn't yeah. he? You know, when you look at him, you, the first thing you think of is he's got end, end product. Mm. That's what we need. So I'm, I'm quite happy with signing. But he's only 23. Um, he's played for two big clubs in Germany, with Hamburg and Bayer Leverkusen, and to have packed all that into a very short career yeah. shows he does have the the mentality to make it. I mean. The Asian players in the Premier League is a very much a mixed bag. You know, mm. favorite part of Jesus, and we've got five or six other players that haven't quite yeah, done hit, it, the ground, yeah. hit the ground running. So, um, be interesting to see how he, how he gets on. But it's the same thing with um, Russians in the Premier League. I mean, there's talk about, well, Russians are former Russian states, to be pedantic. Because yeah. there's talk about Yamalenko. You, you, lo- you love a bit of Eastern Bloc footballing. Yes, but I just don't think they seem to do well over here. you got Yamalenko, who was yeah, linked. Yamalenko was long linked. He's now linked to Barcelona. But they've, they've, they've got an embargo. What are you talking about? I saw it on Twitter. Well, they're wrong. It's an embargo. They can't sign Just repeating what I've read on the internet. Stop saying this! You, all we do is repeat stuff we've seen on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but the point is that um, there's always going to be crested marks over whether um, Sun will actually do well here in the Premier League. But German League is a good grounding. I mean, men yeah. don't Kagawa any good when he was at United, but hopefully Sun is you know what we're looking for. He was the bollocks, I thought. I thought he was really badly treated. I'd love to have him. Yeah, but he's gone he's, back to Dortmund. He's yeah, just he's been all right. It's not, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? Um, I, one of the areas of the the, the the first 11 that I really wanted to strengthen was those wide areas. I thought, I, I, I rate Chadley highly. I, I, I really, really like him. I don't rate Lamella anymore at all. I think everyone's in agreement with that. Maybe. Come back at me if, you, if you're not. But um, I, I think that's the area of the pitch that we need to strengthen. We've got two players that can play there. 
I think they were a good signing to correct the signings to make at the same uh, at the right time. So. Yeah, and I think with like Aaron Lennon leaving, it's kind of been like everyone's been a bit, bit nostalgic and like it's good to have players that are supposedly paceful again. So like Clinton and Sign, I just want people to like run at the defence again. And yeah, definitely. And to get involved with the team ethic as well. Yeah, right? yeah, we, yeah. We've kind of really done well with selling players this year, getting out players that aren't contributing yeah. and are bad, bad eggs reportedly. I think with the, with the, with the pace thing, it, it, it does change the whole dynamic of the team because suddenly mm. you think as a midfielder or just as a, any player in the team, you've got to look for the quick pass because you've got players that can run onto it and make things happen quickly. Because I think we're being a bit laborious and a bit sort of sideways occasionally because we probably don't have that out. Well, we don't no, have that don't, out. There. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, he's quite slow and he's, he's a, yeah. like, an effective goal scorer, but he's not got like, that burst of pace that we kind of lack. So, But mm. well, Flav touched on um, the cull that I've had over the summer. I don't think I've ever seen a cull that big at all. Oh, I mean, he's in a long time. Got rid of loads mental. of players over the summer. And we all got rid of every, everyone. We almost got rid of Lamella on loan, and that would have left two I think Baldini signings. I think. Yeah. So I think Fazio is probably the other one who. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't get away. Uh, and yeah. added by all. So um, so yeah. So um, also um, son. I mean, when Schurler left Leverkusen as well, he stepped up and you know got the gold there. So as a son, he knows what it's like to be uh, a big team. Where's Schurler now? I think he went Wolfs, back. Wolfs, 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 is he? I think he's yeah. back in Germany. So it shows that he does have um, you know, does have a big personality, a big character to step up to. Why would anyone challenge. join Chelsea? Yeah. Like Schurler's quality. Oh, he's a good player as well. Now Man City is signing for like 50, 60 million. So. My mate called Schurler the white Kalu. He didn't, like, <laughs> he didn't like him all. Fair enough. Was he a Chelsea fan? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. He probably knows better than us. And he's he, probably racist. Like and he's clearly an idiot. <laughs> so fuck him. Is he odd? Fairly. He's, oh. he's not racist though. Does he vote UKIP? Um, <laughs> no. you, you want to stop this conversation, don't you? <laughs> he, he listens sometimes. I'm going to get grief for this. <laughs> Fuck uh, Chelsea. Um, okay, uh, another question. Weird one. Irritated me slightly. Bradley uh, Lebetkin. 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 Uh, he says, what in God's name is Paul Mitchell doing for the club? What does that even mean? What do you want promises to do for the club? Sign us Messi. Does he have to give out like weekly statements explaining exactly what he's doing? <laughs> we nearly signed this player. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, still Levy is the one that does the deal. So we, do, for all we know, like, Paul Mitchell could give a list of 100 names that we want us to sign, but we don't know, you know. We have no idea. Pochettino could have said, I want Premier League proven players. That's why we go for Berahino. So, like, we're in the dark, man. We have no idea what Paul Mitchell does. So. The, the thing is, a lot was made of, of what Paul Mitchell does before he signed. There's all that hype about the black box, but the, the, I'm sure I read stuff about how it was about not just player acquisition, it was about what we had. Mm-hmm. So it may be that he's looked at all the players. I mean, even I can do this job and say, oh, this lot, you might as well sell them because they don't fit in, which is basically everything that Baldini bought was didn't really fit into anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it may be that he's looking at youth. He, you know, he, he, he might be scouting talent that we will sign over the next two years. Well, we just talked about how, much was, how many players were sold. Yeah. And, and he... So you have to... You have to I mean, you have to think that they're all working together. I don't think anyone's been undermined. I mean, again, you're right. What Billy's saying about who's actually doing the signings, who's doing the negotiating, who signs it off and approves it. I do get the feeling that the whole point of this new structure is to have people in there that sing for the same hymn sheet and, and don't con- contradict each other. This whole director of football thing where we will buy the players and the coach will be accepting of them regardless of who the coach is. That's what's fucking fucked us up so many times. But it's like, okay, get rid of this coach, bring in another coach who can work with these players. When has that ever worked? Re- reportedly, uh, Mitchell instructed 
Southampton to sell Chambers to Arsenal because they knew they had a better right back in, in Clyde. Yeah, really, yeah, so if we, his role is also <coughs> about departing players, yeah. saying this, this, we can sell this guy for a yeah. profit because we have better. Well, stuff. he's already earning his wages, then, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there's untied, untold stuff, and this is we're going to move on to Twitter, and then we're going, there's a section in the second half. I, I think there's a, a, a level of transparency we're never going to get, even though we want it. Yeah. We want to know certain things. We're never going to be given that, and and when they do give us some transparency, people say that's propaganda. Well, that's <laughs> the club are never going yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah. You when know I was at the club, there was so much transparency there, and now. All very much have just closed. That hurt us, but it embarrassed us most of the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that sums up that. And obviously, Adibor hasn't been given a a squad number. He's been left out of the squad for Europa League, even though he could have been included. He's he's done, isn't he? And the fact he's still here, it's a. I I get his personal problems, and I'm sympathetic towards them. I really am. I can't imagine the stuff that he's experienced. Literally, he can't. I mean, you see people die in front of him. On a personal level, completely understand yeah. why he's, he can't apply himself professionally. But as a football club and a fan of Tottenham, he's got to go. He's got, it's time for him to go. He's earned enough money out of us. He clearly doesn't have to work ever again. He's never going to have to do anything he doesn't want to do ever again. You've seen the cars he buys and lays on top of, topless. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, the fact that we couldn't sell him only, it, it, only, only tells me that it's him that's the problem. It is crazy. Sorry, T. It is crazy... It's batshit crazy to think that you do have a player there, and I know it never gives you 30 games, but it gives you maybe 10 games, 15 games. But the ability that guy has when yeah. he's on form is phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's, he's a talented footballer. He just hasn't got the con- application to be consistent. And that's frustrating because he hasn't got a squad number for Europa. He's not going to play another part. And it would be great to have someone like Adi Bayor in the squad as, 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 a, as, a, as an option. Yeah, it and would. It really would. Because we genuinely have a good player there. Yeah. We do. It's just that he has fucked he, he's fucked it for us. He hasn't fucked him to himself. He's still getting paid. And and Levy's fucked it by giving him the wages that he did, but he would have never have come and never have done what he has done for mm. us in the past. And it's the second manager he's fallen out with all mm. maybe it's more complex. Again, I don't want to I don't want to really side with any given opinion. But you know it's him. Because I am sympathetic to him, but you exactly right. It's even though he's had these troubles in his life, he, is he playing for Spurs? No. Why is he not playing for Spurs? Because of his troubles and everything else that goes along with yeah. it. So, yeah, he is the problem. And I don't know. He nearly went to Villa. but And West Ham. And West Well, yeah. And West Ham. Apparently, per minute, he's the seventh most prolific. Oh, depress me <laughs> he's now. the seventh most prolific Spurs player in the Premier, in Premier League. Really? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense because there was purple. I thought you were going to say per minute how much he's earning. That was going to be. I know. I'm go there. But, um,. It, it is sad and it is a shame. I mean, it's mitigating circumstances, you know, I mean, the stuff he's seen. But I just can't help leaning towards just, just pay him off. Just to get just him to, out. You, yeah. You're paying him for a year anyway. Yeah. Um, I tried to find out today, I couldn't get any clear answers if he can play or not, if he can just be given a number. And But I don't think he can play until January in any competition. Oh, wow. Won't. Jesus, so, well, then that's it. So you may as well just pay him it's off. Done. Yeah, I think it's frustrating because obviously there's a great player in there. I mean... You remember the the five nil against Newcastle back in the day? I think yeah, he yeah. got four assists and a goal. But like since we've hired Pochettino as manager, we've shifted. We're all about Pochettino's philosophy, which is philosophy, which is great. And I don't think Adebayor is ever going to fit that. So I think it's time for him to go. Really, oh, I think it was time for him a while back. But I, you know, I get what you're saying. All right, that's it for the first half of the fighting got podcast. Now we've got Windy. I wonder if he's talking about Ottawa. I wonder, maybe. Yeah. 
Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. I'll start off with the loan players as usual. Connor Ogilvie played 90 minutes and scored the opening goal for Stevenage in their 2-1 League 2 win over Plymouth Argyle. Nathan Ottawa played 70 minutes in Rangers 5-0 win over Rafe Rovers in the Scottish Championship. Ottawa won man of the match. He beat four men to set up one goal and also flip-flat past another four to win a penalty. You can see those highlights on the Rangers YouTube channel. Mark Warburton said after the match, For a 19-year-old boy, it's magnificent to show that level of quality. He knows he has to impact the game in a positive manner, which he did. Where to do the tricks in the right places to have that positive end product. So, I'm delighted for Nathan. He really did play well today. In that match, Dominic Ball was also an unused sub this time out. I saw our under-18 team lose 3-0 to Fulham at Hotspur Way on Saturday morning. Alex came all the way from Bristol to watch the match with me. True dedication there. Uh, we weren't as bad as the scoreline suggested. We actually had some good performances. The young centre-back John Dinzei, who's only 15, along with George Marsh, who's normally a midfielder but filled in at centre-back, they both played well. Fulham were a really big physical side and it was difficult for our young players to impose their passing game on the match. But it would have done them good in terms of um, long-term experience. Our under-21 next match is against Reading, and that's next Monday, the 14th, at the Lamex in Stevenage. Some of our players have been representing England in various youth levels. Delhi Ali and Eric Dyer started for the under-21s against Norway, and Ali was substituted at half-time. Harry Winks started for the England under-20s against the Czech Republic, and Josh Onomar scored for the England under-19s in a one-all draw with Croatia. Kyle Walker-Peters also played in that match. I've got various questions to answer. Firstly, Adam Barron on Facebook said, Windy, after watching a few of the videos from Rangers the game at the weekend, it's hard not to get excited about Ottawa. Does he have the potential to have a Bale-type effect on the first team, or is he just an Andros Townsend-type player? Good question. Um, very few players will have an impact like Bale, so I think to kind of put that amount of pressure on them is kind of unhelpful. Um, and we have to think of Andros Townsend as being a, a positive you know, to come from the academy and to become a regular Premier League player is, is no mean feat. So we have to see that as a positive. Ottawa's still 19. He's three years younger than the likes of Pritchard and Kane. But he is a precocious talent who was impressive for the under-18s all through his career. Uh, he did have a spell at West Brom at one point, And I was really concerned that he was going to join them permanently or had joined them permanently. It was bizarre. He just suddenly started appearing for them. So I don't know whether there'd been a falling out at Spurs or whether his family had moved or something, but he definitely played for West Brom for a spell. Um, but obviously he's been back at Spurs for a while now. He he played for the under-21s last year where he had some good games and some less impressive games, but he's doing great at, at Rangers so far. I think he'll learn a lot from working with uh, Mark Warburton. So we just have to hope that the loan pans out well, that he gets plenty more opportunities and that he continues to impress. Jimmy Riggle on the Fighting Cock Forum says, new one for Windy Coys. Harry Redknapp recently said in an article about Chelsea's stockpiling of loanees, the rules need to change because Chelsea have too many players, but loaning them out is, a mu is much better for players' development than under-21 football, which is a complete waste of time. Under-21 football has no tempo to it, and there's nothing to win or lose. Kids need to go out and play for points in, in games that matter. That's the only way you find out how good they really are. 
Jimmy says, do you agree with Redknapp? Is it better to separate a talented group of youngsters to have them play for points in the lower leagues and get used to real first-team football? Or is this the reason why English youth struggles, because we put too much emphasis on results and tempo and not enough on developing technical ability? Um, I would say that English youth coming through now will be in a much better state than it would have been going through 10 years ago due to academies putting a lot more emphasis on technical ability now from a young age and due to there just being better academies, better better facilities, better coaches, more uh, recognition that coaches at a younger age have real benefit. And there have been significant changes over the years um, to ensure that we're, we're coaching players in a, in a more productive way at a younger age. In terms of the under-21 league versus the loan system, I do worry about the under-21 league because there seem to be, at times, weeks on end with no football and it's really up to the clubs to maintain a fixture list where they have relevant friendlies to keep players fit and ready for the next for the next match because if they're not playing regularly, then they will just stagnate. And I've, I've felt like some of our players over the last couple of years have stagnated or gone backwards. The likes of Ogilvy, who I really like for the under-18s, and he's doing well now for Stevenage, but for a probably 18-month period, he seemed, he seemed to have stagnated for the under-21s. So... Yeah, I think there's definitely some truth in what Redknapp says. But actually, if you have a proper under-21 league, which is competitive and featuring plenty of first-team players who drop down for the right reasons, then I don't see why it can't be a, a positive thing. It just all depends on, on the, the nature of the league and the format of the league. So I think there's still work to do in that respect. Uh, I just have to apologise to Bryce Eady or Eddie, who's who's asked me for two weeks now about Harry Winks and wants me to do a profile on him. I will get round to doing one next week for you, Bryce. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of Fine Got Podcast. Thank you very much for coming down, gentlemen. Oui. Yep. Thank um, you, Windy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Windy. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I hope he talked about why they hadn't listened to his uh, the youth update when I said that. I just assumed, given the, all of the furore about him. Yeah, yeah. I saw a few questions get asked, but um, the point I want to make about Odo very quickly is a lot of people say he's playing against um, you know at a lower lower standard than English football, or at least the Premier League. But Deli Ali was in League One last season, you know, one of the players of the season in League One, and he looks comfortable in the Premier League. So sometimes. You can't always judge it so simplistically. Also, any player that can beat a player by literally dummying a rainbow flick, that's got to be worth having, man. Yeah. I, I've literally never seen that on a football pitch before. It was beautiful, wasn't it? And the geezer was done completely. Yeah. And it, it's just his ease at going past players. And mm. they're, they're, I mean, I get League One in, or the, it's essentially the Championship in Scotland, yeah. um, isn't, it's probably League One, maybe League Two level. Uh, but he's, he's exciting. And he, he's beating players, and and not just beating players, beat, going f- past four or five players. As a, as a professional footballer, that's a difficult thing to do, playing against professional footballers, especially professional footballers that are there to hack you down because they haven't got the ability to take the ball off and you is, any other way. He is, and, and I think that's the most important part of this loan move is that he's really getting. They're being very physical towards him yeah. since he did, did that rainbow flick. Yeah. That didn't quite come off. I think. Send Lamella to Rangers. Sorted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's it. Look, if he's going to be exciting, look, if he's never going to make it at Spurs, then he never will. 
But let's just get behind him now. He's 19 years old. Just give him a little bit of faith. There's always got to be a little bit of negativity injected into any anything that, you know... Anything good that happens. Well, that's that's the thing. With me. There's a rainbow in the sky here, yeah, but it's fucking raining. <laughs> Hold on a minute. It's, but, it's um, gone over some poor Scottish fullback's head, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you did there. Um, <laughs> the thing with players like um, Odua is that... Um, all that gets trained out of them, and it's quite sad that you know players don't express themselves at the highest level because they're too afraid to, you know, to lose possession. So, for example, if he does that rainbow flick for Spurs, and they get the ball back, and then they go to the other end and score, yeah. then they'll get destroyed by the crowd. At least they're just playing free, free. There. I mean, yeah. you've got to give credit to the manager as well, um, ex-Brentford manager um, Warburton. Yeah. yeah, he's just telling him to go out and express himself, and hopefully he can come back to Spurs with his head held high and get a few minutes in the Europa League next season. Spooky, I remember something you said in, in the first season of the Fighting Cock when Bale was just coming into his four, really. He was just coming to the four. And I I was kind of being critical of him because he was being a little bit too expressive. Mm. He was shooting from range and shooting from places he had no right to. As it turned out, he had every right to because you know how good he became. And maybe just a little bit of faith in his ability. Just let him go. Let him be expressive. Let him be exciting. That's what football's about. Let... I want to see players do stuff that I can't see on a Sunday league football pitch. And it, he's doing that. Like yeah. a dummy rainbow flick. Yeah, exactly. These, these are rare, rare footballers. And even if it gets trained out of him, it's whatever. Just let him go and maybe he'll come back a star. Maybe he won't. Maybe he doesn't have the potential to ever cut it in the Premier League. But just let him be. <laughs> but, but when Spurs were very bad in the 90s we had Ginola and you know, a lot of people say he's one of the best players they've ever had but Ginola in a good team would have probably been more frustrating than if he was now Spurs are you know almost at the top table we can't have players like that anymore it, it feels like you know, maybe when Spurs are mid-table if we were looking at the fair play league we could have someone like Odoba get a few minutes and you know do a few but now it's almost Spurs are just, it's almost like a business now it's less of it's less, less about players being expressive, and I guess it's a shame with us being a little bit better now. The Fighting Cock is supported by Calm, and we support them. 12 men a day commit suicide. It is, in fact, the biggest killer of men under age under 45 in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have an helpline open from 5pm until midnight. Their number's 0808 802 5858. They've also got a web chat. It's open from 5pm until midnight. You can find that on the website, which is thecalmzone.net. Their Twitter handle is at thecalmzone. Uh, give them a follow. Good people. All right, Billy, we're going to do some stuff with you because obviously you've made a name through Twitter and being good. I have a feeling this is going to be the bit where it's replayed in court when I lose my job. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me sick. This is where it all goes downhill. I, uh, I... We sent out a tweet from the Fighting Cock account saying, <laughs> oh, we've got Billy on the pod. All the loads of questions, tons, shitloads come in. And if it was me, I'd, I'd be like shitting my, my pants. Well, not if it was me, because I'm, no, I'm the bollocks. But the uh, <laughs> but, but I was a bit pissed off because like, there was so much coming in. And I was like, why aren't they asking flab questions? <laughs> to see me referring to myself in the third, third person. I know you've lost it too far, gone. No, not too far. How Lots many of them were requests to see me topless, though? Yes. 
Um, 50%? Yeah, a couple. couple. Anyway, Billy, um, from Matt Gottrell. Who, he's actually... Uh, Matt Gottrell's like one of my best friends from school, and he um, is actually a Team GB bro, and he won a gold medal yesterday, actually. So shout out Matt Gottrell. And got... he's going to be in the Olympics, and he's probably going to win a gold medal in the Olympics as well. And he's a big Spurs fan, which is awesome. That's, That's it. Cool. Got Matt Gottrell. I saw the verified tick. I was, yeah. I was curious. Yeah. Verified out here. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. He asks, how fast can you eat a Happy Meal? You won't be disappointed if this boy's got some. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, me and my friends, we're pretty sad. We do like this thing every year where we all get together because we're all from the Cotswolds and we all meet up in the Cotswolds and we do this thing called like the King of Games and we uh, do like, it's like a series of ridiculous challenges over the weekend, like doing a Centurion with shots of beer and stuff like that. And one of them is like a race to how fast you can eat a Happy Meal and my time is 50 seconds. I don't, know, I don't know if you can quantify it in a Happy Meal because I don't know if you ever try to eat it as fast as you can, but like, tweet me if you ever beat 50 seconds because I'd be impressed if what, you do. What's in a Happy Meal? Like The burger, the chips, and the drink as well, man. It's got to do it all in 50 seconds. <laughs> so this is Coke, chips, and a, and Ger- a hamburger? You can't take the gherkin out of the burger as well. That's... <laughs> can you not swap the burger for nuggets? You can, but I'm not, I'm not up with that methodology, so... <laughs> It's a bit niche methodology for me. All right. How many writers does Billy have hostage and can any, can any, can any of them play up top? This is from uh, Tom Foynes, or 87. He does the Tottenham Way podcast. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Um, yeah. I don't actually have any writers ho- uh, hostage, but Sport Bible and Lad Bible do actually have my family hostage. Yeah, what's so, <laughs> so They force me to do three tweets a day, and if they don't get 3,000 retweets, then they'll kill my brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep retweeting my tweets, man. They fucking—they've got my family at gunpoint. Does now. it irritate you? Because I, again, if people aren't on Twitter, uh, Billy's uh, tweets are—it's uh, it's hard because you're right here, but they are the bollocks, yeah, and it very, is very, very funny. In terms of Spurs Twitter, it's. It's one one of the best accounts to follow. It's probably the second best account to follow, other than your spooky, obviously. And uh, Wendy, you need to say that. Wind, Wendy will get upset, so obviously Wendy as well. Wendy, but yeah, right, fuck him. Um, but what what is there any idea that you come up with? Because it's like writing comedy for telly, or it's up there with a set, and you've only got 140 characters to do but, it. But that's spot on. It's like we're all well. Billy's like a stand-up comedian, and he's trying out his bits. Yeah. On stage, and some and, and the thing is, you never bomb. Occasionally, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. I do a bit controversial but, sometimes. What? Um, I don't know. I've, I think like I'm blessed being a Spurs fan. Like, I think Tottenham make it very, very yeah, easy yeah, to yeah, take exactly. the piss out of. Like they've got like years of endless material, man. I don't think there's anything too like glorified in being able to take the piss out of Spurs. Because like uh, I was on holiday in Turkey the other day, and like uh, even the waiters in Turkey were taking the piss out of Spurs. I think anyone can take <laughs> anyone can take the piss out of Spurs, man. I just like got lucky, I guess. Like, um, and it doesn't really bother me anymore that those people like steal my tweet it used to back in the day but now like i just like accept it for what it is i guess it's just like letting more people see it i guess they they do that though like, I mean, yeah but if they give you credit that's fine no lads bible and sport bible are the worst the worst thing they do and they've done this twice to me or two or three times now they like they literally screenshot my tweet but they cut my name out of it and then they post it what? and one of the ones i did a tweet about check a few uh, at the beginning of the season and it got like 34,000 likes on Facebook without my name on it and I was like pretty pissed off at that yeah because but, you know, got, it is what it is isn't it and, and I think people discredit um, Twitter for being a kind of very kind of throwaway platform for comedy and intelligent opinion but when you've put work into it you obviously think about what you're doing <laughs> this stuff doesn't just come come well, off the top of the dome well this, this is the point I'm making it's 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 almost not, it's not copyrighted to you, but it's your creation. You're you're a writer. You know the, the platform is Twitter. It's 140 characters, and and it's your joke. You created it, yeah. and and, and that, therefore it makes 
that you're right. It's like Dennis Leary fucking taking all of Bill Hicks' material. Yeah. And, and do you know what I mean? It's not. It's it's not on. And because they're so big. Sports Bible and Lad Bible. I think Lad Bible has 1.4. Well, they think they're yeah. bullying, basically. They, they know more people are going to see their tweet compared to one of us tweeting the same joke. Legally, where but, do you stand on that? Because it's, it counts as blogging. So uh, uh, making a tweet is the same well, as a making... there's a copyright thing now, isn't there? So if, they t- if it's time oh, yeah, stamped, I think it's coming in then... soon. They're literally going to be able to copyright tweets. Well, they're cool. fucked, because all they do is... I mean, unless... Copy uh, well, what will actually happen... They'll just put uh, his name in the tweet. Well, yeah. What, yeah, I mean, and that's fine, because then you get credit. But that what will actually happen probably is they'll end up employing people like you, Billy, to actually make decent tweets. So will you sell out? That's I will never ever ever work for the Lad Bible or Sport Bible. Will Fuck you, those cunts, man. Will you work for the Fighting Cock? Be Anytime, up. I will work for you guys. <laughs> for free, for free. I'll for give free. you my Zero blood. Contract. Yeah, we're taking Zero your blood. I've already contract. said I'll donate my blood. So we're, to- we're taking the blood. Yeah. What we want is your 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 ability to absorb alcohol and your mind for our Twitter account. <laughs> hey, it's all yours, man. I'm, I'm your fucking. Mona Lisa, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what tweet it was? What what tweet was your first tweet that really blew up? Because obviously the um, Liverpool one comes up quite a lot about Brendan yeah, Rodgers saying... That's my most successful one. That was like... Um, what was that? It was. In, I think it was something like um, Liverpool saying they won't do a Spurs and then doing a Spurs is more Spurs than anything Spurs have ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time it was kind of like a throw... I think it was last October... It was quite a throwaway comment, and um, but it, it ended up being like quite prophetical because Liverpool really did like emulate Spurs yeah. to the point where Suarez scored in the Champions League final, just like Bale did. It got like scarily true, which I, I think is why it did so successful. How That's many, like my most successful one. And what, what were we talking about? I think it got like five thousand retweets or something like that. Which wow, is crazy! And um, uh, that is pretty good. Yeah, I, but I do think it's honestly anyone can take the piss out of Spurs, can't they? So yeah. Yeah, but it's, a way, it's a way of doing it. You can take the piss out of Spurs and be crude, or you can do it with a bit of intelligence. Well, and it ain't just Spurs. You take the piss out of other other clubs yeah. as well. The 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 uh, can you? I don't know if you can pull this out, but the um, the Terry Zuma and Stones. Oh yeah, I said. Um, hold on, let me. This is my this. this is my favourite, by the way. Terry Stones Zuma will be a great defence, as well as being a situation that John Terry definitely fantasises about. <laughs> <laughs> He definitely does. The greatest tweet of all time. The um, racist cunt does. Yeah. <laughs> and, when, and when you came up with that, was it just like you was just? I just yeah. came out straight away. Also, the annoying thing about that is there's a spelling mistake in there, which really pissed me off at the time. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. even notice it. As a teacher, I should be able to spell basic words, but I spelt the word fantasizes wrong. So speaking of being a teacher, there's another question which leads on from that. Um, if the Spurs squad were kids in their class, who would be top and who would be bottom of said class? Simon Kelly on Twitter. Um, well, bottom would obviously be Adebayor because he would literally just never turn up to class. Um, I think top would be Kane because, like, um, when I teach, I have, like, a really good relationship with the lower ability children. And I teach 10 and 11-year-olds, and I doubt at that age Kane could even spell his own name. So I'd be like, <laughs> well done, Carrie, you've got the letters right, but your A is the upside down. But like, that would be like, I think it would, I, do like, I do really enjoy working with the, like, the lower ability children. And the children that need it most, so it would definitely be Harry. And you, and you bring when you're teaching the kids, you, you bring Spurs into it quite often, don't you? As much as I can, yeah. I mean, the other day I did like a challenge where they had to, um, uh, what advice would you give to Harry Kane for being the only striker because he's feeling lonely and stuff like that? <laughs> I got like Ben Taleb in there. I did a maths problem where they had to like work out how much this mug Arsenal fan had spent by going to the Champions League for like 16 years in a row and seeing his team knocked out of the uh, group stage every time and shit like that so <laughs> I do try and bring it in as much as I can and I, they had to like describe the lamella Rabona in three words and stuff like that so 
That's pretty, I do. That's pretty cool. I also literally force people to be a fan of Spurs in my class as well. Because when they're kids, they're, they're impressionable. Yeah, especially the girls. All the girls can easily make Spurs because they don't really like football that much. There's a couple of boys that like Chelsea and stuff, and I'm like, look, I don't give a shit if your dead granddad sports Chelsea. You're Spurs when you walk into this classroom. <laughs> you're fucking Spurs, you little cunt. <laughs> so I do try and like spread the Spursness wherever I go. That's fucking brilliant. Windy asked another question, which was, um, does Billy give better grace to students that support Spurs and worse grace to students that support Arsenal without doubt yeah definitely yeah I, yeah, like I even like try and prevent any Arsenal fans from learning anything in my <laughs> year that I take them. I get in the corner I want to try and make them redo the year and like lose their whole year of their life if I can Let's, and, even though they're 8 years old fuck them man they're, they're still Arsenal and their confidence yeah fuck them man I want to try and inflict lifelong damage on them <laughs> uh, and um, we've all got a question a lot of the stuff we got sent in actually was in jokes so a lot of your mates uh, you met over Spurs and, and probably know personally sending questions that we couldn't ask you because it wouldn't mean anything. Um, but we're, you're a big fan of, uh, of Garage, UK Garage. I am a big fan of Garage. Um, and the question was, what's uh, Billy's UK Garage top three? Please answer in 21 seconds. It would be hard to answer within 21 seconds because I don't have like the flow of Romeo. But um, <laughs> I do really like... My all-time favourite has got to be Do You Really Like It by DJ Pie Piper. That is like a classic. <laughs> uh, I like More Fire Crew. I like... Um, Sweet Human Attitude Flowers, stuff like that. Just like the classics, man. I like DJ Zinc. Uh, but it's hard to like pick a top three. Actually, what was quite funny, at um, Stoke at home, I was wearing a Jesus Loves UK Garage t-shirt and I was absolutely wasted in the bricklayers and fucking Harry Kane's brother's in there. And oh, I yeah. go up and Charlie Kane, shout out Charlie Kane. And I go up and speak to him and we end up having a chat about UK Garage music just because I'm wearing this t-shirt. So <laughs> I did have a UK Garage chat with Harry Kane's brother. That's like my claim to fame. We had a, a bit of connection with uh, Harry Kane's brother. Not Harry Kane. But Harry Kane's brother, and uh, we, we was like, can we get Harry Kane on the podcast? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine how amazing it would be? That'd be amazing. And um, we sent, we knew someone who knew Harry Kane's brother, and we was like, send him a link to the podcast. We've talked about him, obviously, like everyone did last season. We love him. We want him on the pod, even just to do an interview with him, any kind of connection with him at all. And um, and, and Charlie Kane said, yeah, we've, we've listened to it. After... Harry Kane has a good game. We we often listen to it, so we know Harry Kane listens to his podcast. I mean, he hasn't had a good game this season, so probably hasn't heard it. But then he'd <laughs> yeah, be listening to this. He had a good game against San Marino. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, and, and love you, Harry Kane. Yeah, my my background is a picture of Harry Kane. That's how sad I am. And I was like showing him, brother, look how much of a big fan I am of your brother. I fucking love him. <laughs> he makes me come to this club. I fucking love him. And he was like, oh, cheers, mate. I think he was like palming it off. Yeah, <laughs> he probably is all the time. Though, yeah, he looks exactly. a bit like him as he well. Does. He does. Like He's like a better, better looking version, though, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, right. Slightly better looking. I met him after the Everton game. And yeah, could see, could tell us straight away that's his brother. Yeah, and uh, it's nice that you know his family are actually Spurs. Yeah. Going to the game, but I, I, when, when we heard that Harry Kane listened to the podcast, I suddenly had like flashbacks of everything we'd said. <laughs> like, oh, not horrible, but things that you just wouldn't want said about you. Uh, me personally, you know, the tweets and stuff. Doubt his ability. Bad times already, and I apologise if you are listening to this, Harry. There's another question I wanted to ask from Kirsty on Twitter. <laughs> Why do you really hate Leeds scum? Well, do you know what? That is like the best football song ever, isn't it? That we all hate Leeds, Leeds scum. But actually, ironically, turns out that my girlfriend is actually from Leeds. So mm. I like I hate Leeds scum apart from one specific person in Leeds. But she sport, hates she, Leeds. does she sport Leeds? No, she sports Spurs actually. But. Oh, there you go. Is this another well, one of your indoctrination? It is, yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, so let's move on to the impact of social media on supporting your football club. 
Um, we thought about doing this for a while. I was listening to John Ronson on the um, Joe Rogan podcast, talking about the impact of uh, social media on people's lives and how important it's become and how it impacts your ability to watch Spurs. Obviously, we're all on social media. It's important in our lives. Even if you dismiss it, you spend so much of your day looking at it, whether it be Facebook, social media, um, sorry, Twitter or Instagram. And being a football fan, you can't really ignore it. Um, but it does impact how you follow your club. It does me. I was thinking about this, right? If you've got an opinion as, as a football supporter, your opinion won't really change whether you're at the, the, the game in a pub, you're at work. Um, if it's a face-to-face debate or discussion, you're going to get your point across in the clearest and the best possible way. There's no better way to talk about anything, really, than face-to-face. Once it goes online, with the same message forums, uh, message boards and forums, um, you're able to put your point across. It can still get quite messy. It can still get quite aggressive. People can abuse each other. I think with Twitter, the, the, the reason it stands out more than anything is because it's real-time. It's conversational. You've got 140 characters. I know you can tweet as many times as you want, but everything seems to pack a punch. And because you're... Because it's like a stream of consciousness as well, you're really tweeting things that you don't have time to process when you're writing a forum post or you're in a pub talking to a mate where you're more composed. So I think it's exaggerated. And I think it's also influenced by ego, which isn't a bad thing because ego makes you, Billy, a funny bloke. It allows me to rant about stuff and get like some spiritual, philosophical angle on, on, on football across... <clears throat> You're picking yourself up a little bit. Look, I am yeah. a god. <laughs> <laughs> right about a spiritual philosopher. I am the, the philosopher. For Billy, it's just ego. <laughs> for you, spiritualism, a philosopher. Well, I've got a fucking ego. Deal with it. <laughs> but on, on, on Twitter, I think it, it just... I think it gets driven in, in a negative way by ego in terms of sometimes people want to be at the forefront of opinion. So much so that they won't listen to anyone else's opinion. And it just becomes about who can shout the loudest. And, and at, at that point... But how does that impact your your experience as a Spurs fan? Because it, it, would, it, would it influence you? I mean, if, you, if you're watching... If you're not at the game, you were playing away, whatever, and you're watching Tottenham, and there's a, a misplaced pass, you might have 200 people on your timeline scream about this misplaced pass, and suddenly this play is shit because of a misplaced... <laughs> it, it's, like, it, it's, it's like this distorted... Uh, version of reality that you don't need to comment on everything everything gets commented on you don't need to microanalyze everything yet everything does i think it's just it's just easier to, to to throw punches on twitter than it is like verbal punches than it is in real life and i think because of that it becomes it becomes a shouting match um um, I'm going to be all bad Glenn in here and say I don't think it has an impact at all. It has an impact if you allow it to have an impact and if you allow it to affect you and what people say affect you because ultimately the atmosphere in the ground is not driven by social media. The atmosphere in the ground is driven by how you're reacting to That's what you're seeing. My point, now, some people, don't change. Some people react to a misplaced pass with, don't worry, mate, do better next time. I mean, I often do that. And sometimes I just think, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Mm. You know, I remember we played United. Um, I think we lost three 0 and Lennon had a really good chance, and he fucked it up, and people went mental. And I can understand that. But, but, but then when, it, when it's written down, exactly in, in type exactly. form, and there's thousands of people, yeah. exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, because your your voice at the, yeah. the match is 
it disappears after you've, you've, you've spoken it. But does it impact your experience watching Spurs? Like, you can't say that, it, that you don't look at Twitter and it doesn't irritate you, or it doesn't it doesn't make you feel less about Spurs or worse about Tottenham. I don't think it makes you feel worse about Spurs. The good thing with social media is that you meet like-minded people and you go to games with them and you create relationships in that way. I mean, this podcast was born out of social media, and I can think of another three or four which are probably born out of social media. So from that point of view, you're getting like-minded people who are club going, coming, clubbing together and making things happen. I was going to actually say exactly the same thing. I mean, the people that I now go to away games with, uh, I all met from Twitter, and I think it's a great place to like uh, accumulate like-minded people with you, people with the same opinions. It's also a great place to like argue with people that have opposite opinions with you, but like the people that I've met on Twitter are people that I'd now consider really good friends. So I think it's really good for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a massively positive aspect to it. Um, I'm being honest and say that I wouldn't use Twitter if it wasn't for the fighting cock. I know how important social media is to something like this. Yeah. But I really I hate looking at Twitter during when Spurs play. I think it, it, that it is. I know what, where you're coming from, T, as well, saying it doesn't have an impact, and it, it doesn't. You can look away and it doesn't exist. It's as simple as that. But it is a cross section of of what people are thinking and I know again it's exaggerated because some people online are not the same people when you meet them face to face and you you wonder how much is persona driven how much is it is I know people would say there's no such thing as a jet and as, as me having an agenda this is my opinion I want Daniel Levy out of the club and, that, and that's it but then it doesn't mean that the opposite end of the spectrum is is someone happy clapping and accepting everything there's a balance and it seems like, like on Twitter you can't be in the middle if you're in the middle you're the forgotten voice, you're on the fence or whatever. You either have to hate something really badly or or you, 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 you've got your eyes shut and your fingers in your ears. And, and, and it's that that probably makes me go back to it because I like arguing with people and trying to say, well, hold on a minute, what are you actually, what are you disputing here? What's, what's your problem? I think there's a lot of personalities on Twitter as well that I think I genuinely believe that if, you, if it wasn't football, it would be something else. Mm. It'd be like there'd be another topic for them because they feel that they need to have a voice and it's a perfect platform, medium. It's yeah. a perfect platform for you to make something for yourself. And and there's positives and negatives with, with that as well. And you can kind of gauge how crazy Twitter is just by um, looking at the reaction to when a Spurs team is posted. Because that's even before the ball is kicked. Mm. Like, I think usually rational it. people are losing their shit. mind because Eric Lamella's playing right wing. It's like... You know, you're a fucking adult. Why are you going so crazy about all this shit, man? I mean, the reaction some people give to Spurs teams is just like, it's great viewing, but at the same time, it's like you're a fucking adult and you're acting like a fucking seven-year-old boy, which I do have a good... Like, I, I spend most of my days with seven-year-old boys and they are more rational, <laughs> more rational than you at this point. Not like Windy. Not as like Windy. A, not, as a teacher. not like Arsene Wenger, but like, <laughs> legally. I've literally got a piece of paper that says I'm not a paedophile, so... I've got a CRB check, so don't worry. <laughs> I've been CRB'd as well, really? so anything that I've said on this podcast... <laughs> Law trumps. <laughs> <laughs> legally, not a paedophile. <laughs> um, but no, I've met... I've met many different people on Twitter. You know, some people who you know don't agree with how Spurs are run, some people who do agree. And I, I don't think I've ever met someone who I thought was a prick. They might think I'm a prick, but I've, everyone I've met off Twitter have always been they're fairly pleasant. And sometimes you go back on Twitter and they're just you know I don't know if it's if it's a persona thing, or as I said earlier, if, it, if it's, it's if it's just text. But um, it's I think so. I was going to say that I guess the issue with social media and 
in football on the whole is that it's kind of watered down and dumbed down the news. So you watch Sky Sports and they're reading tweets on the screen. Who cares about it? I don't think I've ever seen Natalie Sawyer read a tweet and oh, my God, I've really enjoyed that. Because it's always clunky. It's like they don't understand how social media works. They don't know how to channel it. It's that, it's that whole hypocrisy. or, or it's Actually, it's not hypocrisy. It's probably just a contra- contradiction where it's like people moan about us... Um, looking to spend thirty million or, or twenty five million on on X player, and then and and, this, and then they're saying you got to do it, pay what you, what you want, and then when you find out it's it's even more money, it's like oh don't panic buy. It's like well hold on a minute, you've covered every fucking corner there, and you're against every single potential outcome. So like, what is your actual opinion on it? And people go mental when we when we lose out on a play, and it's like, what do you mean we've lost out on him? Who said we've lost out on him? Sky Bet have said we've lost out on him. It's, we, we might not even have any fucking interest in this player. And you're losing your shit against the club because we've, he's signed for another club. You're, like, you're, 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 you're talking about fantasy. Something you're, you're taking something and you're moaning about it for no fucking reason. I mean, um, yesterday on Twitter there was like a quite a big um, thing about the club paying or not paying for the Jimmy Greaves um, treatment. And, you know... The trusts have come out and the tribute trusts have come out so they have uh, paid for that treatment and the club are doing all they can and the family are happy. I think it's a, it's a sad state of affairs when people are using like fabricated things to, to attack the club. I think there's plenty of stuff you can get disappointed with Spurs, but why are you using things that aren't even true to attack Spurs? Well, the thing is, is with uh, Twitter, is it's a throwaway comment. So you don't have to back up what you're saying. You just tweet it, yeah. it goes into the ether, and whatever comes back at you comes back at you. And you know what? You can just say... If, if you don't agree with the tweets coming back at you, fuck you. Do you know what I mean? You just think, I don't have to back up what I'm saying. Yes. I'm just going to throw this out. And because I've got X amount of followers, it doesn't matter because obviously people believe me because I've got more followers than you. And that's how pathetic Twitter can be. Um, you wrote an, an article in the first issue of the Fighting Cock yeah. fanzine about how social media has impacted Spurs. And it was... The most poignant part of it was when you mentioned, you know, leaving the game, watching it, being disappointed, getting on the train. You process it. You process yeah. it. There's time for you to just sit back and just think, what actually happened on that football pitch? Was it that bad? Were we unlucky? On Twitter, it's instant. It's like the minute the game ends, actually, as the game happens... People are on it constantly. People are probably reading Twitter more than they're actually watching the actual football game of the club that they love. I'm, I'm you know, I'm generalising, but yeah, I, I yeah. assume that that happens. And actually, the what was great about football back in the day, and I, I never, I, I always claim that I wouldn't be one of these people that look back and go, it's it was better back then. It yeah. was better back then, but fuck me, it was better back then. Before Twitter, it was better because you had time to process, and the only uh, outlet you had. Was with your mates, but and you hang on, and, and you never wanted your mates to think you was a cunt. Yeah. But if you're on Twitter, you don't give a shit who thinks you're a cunt because there's millions of them out there, and some of them might follow you, and some of them yeah. might not. But when you're with your friends and with your with, with, with your family, you're gonna rein yourself in a little bit. And and I think that's what a lot of people on Twitter need to do. It's just rein yourself in, think about what you're tweeting because people will read it and make assumptions about you. I do and maybe some, you don't give a shit about yeah. that. I do sometimes wonder what these like irrational, angry people would do in the like time before Twitter, or like the, if there was no Twitter now, would they just go up to like homeless people and shout, "Did you see fucking Lamella's past competition today?" And stuff like that. It's like, Twitter is now the outlet for those. Twitter was Twitter was a, a was a, a lot more mellow. Uh, I remember it as being a lot more mellow. Yeah, uh, better team, 
at the beginning. So maybe Whereas less people. Mm. Less, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Less the Fighting Cock Forum used to be mellow. Now it's a uh, fucking hellmouth. No, I don't read it. I'll go be honest. <laughs> I stopped reading it about a year ago because just does Colito still post on on there? If he did more, I probably would read it. Yeah, more. me he too. Does. He does. He does. All right, fair enough. <coughs> All right. Well, I'd, I don't know. We kind of covered that in a roundabout way. I, I do want to say one thing that, that, that there's certain terminology that gets overused and abused now, and this happy clappy thing. I know we've been accused of being happy clappy, and I don't see it. I, I, I think there's no such thing. Has been happy clapper. You can support your team, you can be critical of your team, and then you can you can you can have a bit of blind faith and you can look look at the positives and try try and focus on them rather than be permanently depressed. I don't even and, take that and, as and an insult. insult. I just think I just, exactly. I just think, I just think who cares? He's, I, I don't give a shit. I just said at the outset. Social media only affects you if you allow it to affect yeah. you. If it's, gonna, not, if it, it's not if affecting gonna... me in, in a detrimental way. For me, it, 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 I find it entertaining because it is a place where I, I, you know, back in the day, all I had was my blog and I, I was able to actually do a lot of satire and parody. And then I, Twitter came along and then I realised I can't, I've, I've become redundant because if I want satire and parody, I just read my fucking timeline because not with Billy who's doing it in a, in a self-deprecating way. There's people out there that are being fucking serious, but they're being pure fucking parody in their seriousness. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and for me, it's more of a, 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 a... I find it as a challenge. These are people that support the same club I support, and, and I, I look to go up against them. All right, we've got to move it back. I can to... only go up against you after this fucking pod. What, are you going to have him? Yeah, and you as well, because I, I, I said sorry in the middle of your rant, and I've... I've... <laughs> <laughs> Why am I saying sorry to you? Fuck that. Because I'm better than you. Uh, <laughs> you, are, you are, though, you are. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> I'm not better than you, I love you, so We're equal. <laughs> Just about. All right, whatever. Maybe. Uh, Sunderland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got Sunderland. That, that, come on, we've got to win a game this year somehow. Uh, Sunderland is the one. They're the worst team in the world. Um, it's, fuck, I don't know. Jermaine what... Defoe. He, he's, he's not even on... playing up front. Graham's playing up front. They've got him out on the, on the left, haven't they? Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm worried about with Sunderland is that um, if you remember back to Arsenal away last year, uh, Eunice Cabal had like the game of his life in that yes. game. And I'm worried that he's got that game in him one game in a season. Of course, it's probably going to be against Spurs on on Sunday. Yeah. And he was probably going to be like the best defender on the pitch, and we're going to be drawing nil nil, and then everyone's going to fucking kill themselves. <laughs> but they've, they've not won in seven games in it. Like us, they're winless this season, but. There's been little signs of them turning a corner because the first day they got beat by Villarreal, Norwich who beat them. Leicester wasn't that thing. Leicester. Yeah, bigger Leicester. Yeah. So, um, so the signs are that they're showing little signs of improvement. I think against Villa, the last time they against was it Swansea. Yeah, uh, against Villa. Villa. Against Villa. So, there are signs in that game that they could have actually won it. I mean, the two best players of the season got a goal each, and Villa and um, Lenz or Lons, I the fuck you pronounce his name. So, there are signs of improvement from them, but. With Spurs, there's been so much talk about us being poor this season if we're not playing good football, but we've created the most chances in the in, in, the, in the entire league. So it's yeah, a matter of time. If it clicks, we're then we're gonna we're gonna score two yeah, or three. Before before we beat Wigan nine one, we were in a similar position. We were just we were creating all these chances and not scoring. The one game, bang, they all went in. Yeah. And um, I don't think the football that Pochettino has been playing this season is necessarily dull. Um, I just think the frustration. A lot of the fans have. The frustration I had was that against Stoke, we threw away a game that we really should have won. And Leicester, Leicester are a tough team. Not many teams are going to go there and win, for mm. now. And we almost beat them. Just for one, 30, probably 10 seconds of madness, and we, and we ended up with a, with a draw. 
Um, they've got, obviously Defoe scored two goals, Len scored one. Envid is a, a funny one because we were linked with him for a while and there was yeah. this kind of bad attitude that we didn't sign him. He might have been under ABB hmm. um, or, or Redknapp. He was in Russia, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, that's, that's what they've got him from. Uh, I think when we tried to sign him, he was, at, um, he was in, in France. Yeah, possibly. But, um, but yeah, they, they play this kind of 4 1 4 1, quite defensive. Advocate obviously understanding the frailties of managing a team like Sunderland, and um, I think at, I, I've been I'm more confident going to Sunderland than I am at White Hart Lane. I just think that the, that we'll, we'll be all right. I think that's the first three points of the season. I think teams are less likely to sit back when we play away, and um, I think we always suffer when teams do sit back because we don't have like at the moment we don't have like the most penetrative players. But you know, I think I'm I'm confident that hopefully we can get a win. We've got a, got a decent record up there as well. I remember for many years we didn't win a game yeah, up there for ages and ages. And uh, I remember, I think we all remember the Darren Bent game when he got a bottle of chocolate at his head, which is quite <laughs> funny. But since then they've had a, we had a pretty decent record up there. Um, I've only done, I've only been there away once, and we won that two one. And I reckon it'll probably be the same on Sunday, two one. Always like who, who I like who scored. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of stats, right? But I always like their strengths and weaknesses. It always makes me laugh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to concentrate on Sunderland's strengths um, because it's boring. They don't have any. They don't. Well, they, they have a couple finishing scoring chances. They're strong on apparently. Anyway, but uh, weaknesses: defending set pieces weak, avoiding individual areas errors weak, keeping possession on the ball very weak. Avoiding failing in dangerous areas, very weak. Defending against attacks down the wing, very weak. That won't be a problem against us. Uh, defending uh, against through balls, very weak. Again, not really an issue against Tottenham. And stopping opponents from creating chances. And we have created a load of chances and we haven't scored that many goals, but I think we're going to be all right. I mean, Sunderland, for fuck's sake. If we're not beating Sunderland, they're bottom of the league. They're absolute bollocks. They're barely a football club. They don't have any fans. No one wants to live in Sunderland. It's not even a city, is it? Is it? I think so. They haven't got a cathedral. No, they haven't. Like, what? Is that true? It's not even a city. Like, we're coming from London. The only city on earth. (laughs) We should categorically beat anyone that doesn't have a cathedral. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. Simple as that. But, um... I mean, there's a few favourable games. We've got Carabag, Palace, and then Arsenal. So we've got... We've got two. It is a favourable game against Arsenal. What I'm saying is that we've got a lot of games coming up thick and fast, and um, we've not seen Kevin Wimmer yet, we've not seen Trippier yet, so it'd be nice to see our squad, see the full squad get used. Bit of momentum. Yeah, and and see where we stand. When we, at the start of the season, there's one game a week, so if you ever get a game like Stoke, you've got seven days to get out of your system. Leicester, seven days to get out of your system. Yeah. Um, What was the last game? Um, Everton, two weeks to get out of your system. Now we've got. The game's coming thick and fast, and it will be better. I think it'd be better for our mentality having the yeah, games. Oh, that's, that's good thinking. It'd be interesting to see who plays because I've, I've got a feeling that um, there's like a rumor going around that I think Ben Slib might have picked up an injury with Algeria. Um, I think he posted a picture of him in like an arm splint or something oh, like right. that. Hopefully, Ericsson, I don't know what's going on with Ericsson. Hopefully, yes. he'll be back because we do miss him a lot. And um, if Ericsson plays, I'm confident that we should get the win, really. If you look at our next three fixtures Sunderland, Carabag, and Palace. Palace, you could argue that that's three wins the atmosphere around the club on change yeah. on Twitter as we yeah. talked about would change yeah. completely yeah. three wins is a massive thing and and you could arguably see that happening I'd expect us to beat Sunderland away 
three wins going into the Arsenal game would be massive as well, man. That yeah. would electrify the atmosphere. For and, and essentially, that's what you need as a football club. The only things fans can do is unite. And if you can unite and create a buzz around a football club, going into that stadium as a collective, the players are going to feed off that. They're going to perform better and everyone's going to be happier. Hmm. I can't wait for that fucking North London derby on the Wednesday night, man. That's oh, going to be absolutely insane. I literally can't wait. That's I, going to be the best day of my life. I, I, I think it will be the best day of your life. We may, we might meet hopefully in the pub beforehand, nakedly embrace, <laughs> just sl- slowly humping. Each other. <laughs> I, I really hope that happens. It's not going to be good for anyone else, but for me and you, for Bill, me and you, yeah. that's all that matters. The dream. Okay, that's Sunderland done, pretty much. So, what's the prediction, Jules? We're going to win. Fuck Sunderland is my prediction. <laughs> I, well, they, they, they did vote for a party that I don't particularly like, so yeah. Is that the UKIP? I'm just saying well, you're fine. Not to like, no one likes UKIP. Fuck yeah. UKIP. Yeah. All right, whatever. What was so, the, so, what's so, the score? So they're not okay. <laughs> um, I think we'll win two one. Three nil Spurs. Um, I think our attacking play is going to take a couple of months to like settle in, like November last year. So I reckon one nil Spurs. I, I think three nil Spurs as well. Okay, so uh, quickly because we're we're overrunning, uh, we're going to do two of these questions. Um, if you could pick a dream six-a-side team from players you've grown up watching, who would it be? Very quickly, around the table, we, we, we'll pick we'll pick six. Six-a-side, five-a-side. Between, five. between us, or we're picking yeah, between six. us, Between us. It's got to be Hugo and Gold, surely? Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, he would be a in good... In my lifetime. He would be five-a-side. Yeah, he comes I'm, out a lot of the odd box a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I'll take him. Um, Ledley. Yeah. Ledley would be immense, because oh, five-a-side's about... Understand space yeah. as, I, as, I, as I understand it. Of course, yeah. Gaza. Gaza and Ginola. Oh, I'd put Hoddle. Really? Yeah. So who's going to defend? Ledley. Ledley on his own. He can take six men on You're right, you're right. And then six aside. And then front's tough, man. Two midfielders. I, I think Kane would be good. Yeah, I'd put work rate as well of Kane would be all over the place. Bale? At Lineker for finishing. About, no, no, Bale's not good. I've got to put Luca in my midfield though, just because. I was a bit five aside though. Five aside. Five aside. Six aside. He's got here. All right, six in. So what we've said: Hugo, Ledley, Luka Modric, Paulinho, and yeah, got to have Paulinho. Got to have a comedy one in there. One more. He's one more player. Do you know when you're playing five aside? There's always that one game really fucking shit, and he ruins it for everyone. There's no chance you're winning if he's on your side, and you can't be a cunt to him. He's the one who pays, so you have to like invite him every week. But even if you didn't, you don't want to be that geezer who's really horrible to the guy who can't really do anything. You don't no, want to, be that to break his heart. No. no, so he plays. But you're really pissed off, and you're like, he'll 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 lose the ball once again, and you Raziak. turn around and you go, for fuck's sake, he's the Raziak. We'll take Raziak for that. So there's team team spit. Raziak. All right. Um, who was the first Spurs player you thought was really shit? Jonathan Lovelady. Oh, oh, That's Jesus. a brilliant question. It is. Uh, mine was Dean Austin. And I don't know if he was really shit. I, I can't really remember. But I remember him... I remember being frustrated even as a child. I, I remember the, the Jumbotron. It, it'd run forward and have a shot and it'd come up, Dino, Dino. Everyone would start laughing. What the fuck is that? Yeah, next to the, uh, next to the screen. Yeah. There still is, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. A really shit kind of... LED display <laughs> and it, that announces engagements. <laughs> I think just they should start announcing deaths. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad that fucking thing is. 
At full time, there'd be loads. Yeah. It's Sugar's yeah. legacy, yeah. isn't it? I think that was terrible. I actually remember um, they had an, uh, before the uh, the jumbotrons. They had like a big LED screen, and they they made an LED reenactment of Anderton scoring against Arsenal uh, when we drew one all at Highbury. And looking at it going, again, as a child, thinking, that's fucking shit. <laughs> anyway, who, who did you hate? Uh, I remember being, like, really young as a kid and being in the, um, I think it was in the West End, and, like, Stephen Clements came out to warm up. Mm. He was, like, running along the touchline. And the guy in front of me was like, Clements, Clements! And, like, he kept doing it for ages. And, like, eventually Clements turned around and he was like, get the fuck out of the way, I can't see the car. So that was, like, my, <laughs> that was my memory of a player being shit, like, just... That's all, he, that's all he was calling for, to get, get you the fuck out of the way. I, uh, I, I knew someone who was in a youth team with um, Stephen Clements, and I don't know if this is true or if he had sour grapes or a bitter lemon, and uh, he said that Stephen Clements should never have made it at Spurs. He shouldn't even have been a professional footballer. There were much better players at, uh, at our club at that time, but he only got through because of Ray Clements. I don't know, it might be controversial, but it's fucking truth, and that's what I heard. When well, did he go after us, Birmingham? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There's a funny story that your, your hero, Paul Walsh, fell out with um, Ray Clements, so. Did he? Kind of ties into that. I am a big hero, uh, a big worshipper of, of Paul Walsh. Well, remember the Black Eye? Vaguely. Yeah. Well, look, look, the only time I've met uh, Ray Clements in my life, and I'm just going to say what I, t- what I felt at the time, and that he might have been having a bad day but he wasn't very nice he wasn't very nice to me and nor should he be to be fair but actually no fuck it he should be as another human being he should be nice to another human being Mm. he should and that I would be to anybody I've heard stories about I won't mention names of of a certain Spurs player um, at a do where they had supporters and someone approached him to get an autograph and he turned to his security and said get rid of that riffraff Really? Yeah, and I've, and then is that actual truth? I believe the person who, who mentioned it, but then again, she's quite a bit of a person, so she might have exaggerated. Okay. And then recently, a, a certain Spurs player um, ba- uh, had a guy like the dads. Is, is this true either? Yeah, this is this is because it's no good if you say a my, uncle, my uncle's I'm ITK, sorry. so he, just, he witnessed it. So who is it? He's not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you after, but he, he basically yeah, ran off. shit for people who are listening. <laughs> Stop talking. Why Stop talking. Up? What does Stop his name rhyme with? What does his name rhyme with? <laughs> Beadle. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't know who it is. Doesn't matter. Forget it. Move on. Uh, Mitchell Thomas, by the way, is the, is the player. I, I, I basically thought, fuck me, man. He's played for Tottenham. Especially in, the, in 1987 when, when he had that hairstyle which looked like he'd been walking against the storm for five hours. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m. I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but... Old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink, and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.